0: All right, the record button has been pressed, so it is time for...
1: ...as it really seems to be going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow.
0: Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't
1: count your fans before the hit. <laughs> but We hit a
2: flow in the conversation. Um, I
1: think I'm... Open I mean, your I'm in my head. With
2: I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow
0: with Joel Franklin. Today's guest is my oldest brother Todd. Uh, we talk about computers. We talk about relation, um, family, and stuff. And and we talked about the '80s and the '70s. Uh, we. We we have a lot of stuff to talk about, and eh, it doesn't matter. I love I love these aim, aimless uh, intros. But anyways, this is part one, part one of two. Uh, so we're gonna we had such a nice time, and I thought the content was so good between Todd and I that uh, I figured that I would split it up into two parts. All right. <laughs> oh man, finding the flow with drums, but I don't think I'm quite at that flow level with drums yet, um, I'm still breathing heavy from that, drums are a nice exercise, you get something out of it, so either way, um, well, you know, I'm also... I'm totally don't have any technique or anything, so I'm just like banging on them, you know. When, and when you bang on shit, yeah, and you don't know what you're doing, you get tired real fast. Um, I think uh, one time my brother said, um, brother Dave, who's who's quite good at the guitar, but he's still, you know, he's still getting better and better. And um, but uh, one of the things he he said that that really spoke to him was that you have to be able to do whatever you're doing, you have to be doing effortlessly. Or at least you have to be doing like, like, you know, very, very freely, like, like writing or, uh, or, uh, I don't know, I don't know, walking or something like that. It, you know, it's it's something you're doing, but you're doing it mindlessly, and uh, and effortlessly. Like you're not straining, and that is what you want to search for whenever you're playing any intru- instrument. And if you're still straining, it either means that you still need um, you have work to do, or, you know. Maybe you might have to give up on that, that instrument until you, uh, you know, because cause straining on an instrument, it's frustrating. I mean, yeah, it's like fighting your instrument instead of using it, riding it like the wonderful, warm, beautiful, lovely lady that they are. Oh, I love my instruments. You got to make love to your instruments. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just love it when I get down and get to feel up the curves of my guitar, and then gently put my hand on her neck, and I take my right hand and I start playing at her uh, at her fingerboard, wherever you want to call it. I don't know the names of parts of the guitar well enough to know. Oh, but then you start playing with playing with her fingerboard, plucking away. Oh yeah, that's that's when it starts getting good. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then you, you effortlessly pluck at her, put your hands up and down the neck at the same time, and when you do it in just the right rhythm, when you do it mindlessly, you start to hear music, you start to hear that music, oh, that music of, of that, that, uh you know, you know, it just starts coming out, you know, sounds, sounds this is um this is the x x-rated Joel cast Joel finding the flow cast <laughs> i think i think that you know even though scott and dan called their podcast scott cast and dan cast um i think that that uh that could always be like the nickname for anyone's podcast and this this group you know i mean no matter matter what someone calls it like chris calls his uh chris chris american life but if i don't want to say chris american life i'll just say oh the chris cast you know the chris cast (laughs) so yeah finding the flow finding the flow cast (laughs) um so i i uh i'm feeling the spirit of of scott um coming back within me i mean what the hell my my uh the title of my show is Finding the Flow, so I might as well just come to this un- unprepared. Um but basically I'm I'm uh, extending sort of the part of me that um I can let out when when I know there's no, you know, wife in the house or whatever. <laughs> so I can be a little more uh loud, a little more a little more edgy. I guess. So I'm going to take advantage of this edginess as long as I can. But first of all, I, I, I want to talk about um, uh, your other guys' podcasts and stuff. Uh, I think also I find that it, I, I'm getting the feeling that most of you guys, you know, I I think we were writing notes in the beginning, but like like that gets arduous after a while. And, and I think that for the most part, we're just kind of winging it from what we remember. And I think that's good. I mean, I think what we remember after the fact is actually a good way of, of – um, Helping each other out because what you remember after the fact about each other's podcast um, helps you know what was the thing that one that that really really spoke to everyone or really won it the most, you know. And it always seems to be the same. Um, like everyone's loving Scott's new newest uh, podcast because I think he was finding the flow and he was totally hyper like happy and that was awesome and he had he had a spectacular laugh that like just exploded in that episode and that's contagious every time he laughs like with such gusto and you know as the long-running theme that scott has lots of gusto in his laugh uh but either way um uh great job scott i i feel i see you uh blooming i see your beautiful little rose coming out coming out and uh, oh and, and and how I want to sniff your rose Scott I want to sniff it and and you know possibly pick it and and love it you know put it in some water watch it slowly die but in the meantime I'm enjoying this this time of you blooming so <laughs> uh, and then um, yeah I, I don't I don't know I mean it's all there I mean Scott Scott's been entertaining from the beginning but it's just getting more and more exciting. Um, all right. Uh, Chris, um, oh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I was starting to double think. Should I, should I go on? But, but cause I feel like there's so many details with, with Scott's podcast. If I, if I would have gone back and listened and, and, uh, wrote down some notes, I would have remembered. Uh, but so I feel like I'm, 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 I don't, I don't. I. I. I wish I could give you more, Scott. I wish I had more to me, but uh. Uh. Maybe I'll. I'll let you know. Kind of part of why I don't have any time for any of that right now. Um. So, anyways. Um. Uh. On to Chris. 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 Chris your last one. What was it? You. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. You talked about the spiders. You had that fun little intro with the low voice and. Um, and oh yeah and you're starting to use a keyboard shit <laughs> I love it I love it uh, you know just every little interval he can he puts a little comedic I mean and he's pretty good with the timing of that shit you know uh, he puts a little convenient oh yeah uh, oh yeah oh yeah I mean he just inherently finds the funny of, of probably all these like like I don't know who knows if he's getting it from apps or if he has some some uh, program on it on his uh, music software. But he, either way, you could tell that he that he you know he he just had something that was like a chorus you know going oh yeah and and uh, and he heard it and he was like yes you know. Uh, but I love it. I love his little aids, his little live aids. I like I like live stuff. I, I like live stuff better than post, but I still like post. I mean, I you're you're the post king, and you're you're starting to get really good at that live shit too. Um, but I I I mean, as far as the most exciting thing, it gets my like uh, goosebumps. As I love the live stuff. Um, yeah. So 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 lots of fun there, and once again, lots of details that I would like to comment on that I I can't think of right now. And then Dan, hey Dan, <laughs> um, I've been I've been liking you know your your. Uh, you, you your rush stuff i i i there's tons of stuff you bring up i mean, i actually i i liked i mean i like you know your your uh, new sound thing i i totally got what you're saying about the apple and everything even though i don't use apples i get it you and that sound was used for for, uh, for something else. And then they're using it for, you know, whatever on the iPhone and you made your own custom stuff and that's cool. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, if I ever have a free, free minute, I have to like write down a list of, of Dan things to do, you know, because, uh, because I am always interested in in checking those things out. Um, and I would like to customize all my sounds. Um, by the way, I just got an iPhone and actually this interview is on an iPhone. um, uh, well I'll talk about that later. So so anyways, uh so so maybe at that's another thing maybe all guys could tell me um you know any iPhone 4 features that you might uh that I might not know about that are really cool or some apps that are amazing that uh you know your recommendations. I'm I'm all ears to recommendations with iPhones. Um yeah. So so yeah, the Rush thing with Dan, uh oh, I love it, love it, love it, love it. I, mean, I love to hear that he's he's discovering a band that is it is full of depth. I mean, Rush Rush has a lot of depth. They have tons of albums. Uh, a good majority of them are good albums, which is rare. I mean, fifteen, sixteen good albums. You know, uh, it's 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 hard to find. And lots of content with each album. They're all well made, you know. Um, I mean, it's just nice, nice to see. And and yeah, King Crimson. Uh, my brother Todd, um, who I'm inter- interviewing this podcast is a huge fan. I think my brother James is. You know, every, I think everyone that knows Rush likes King Crimson. I think my brother Dave is. So I have yet to to really check them out. So I I um because you have uh, been like so open to, to checking out rush. And I think it was probably, I think I feel like I was the guy that pushed you over the edge. I think, um, you, you were, you were like hearing it around. There's a lot of rush buzz going on right now. Uh, but you, you heard it from me and that was it. You were like, fuck it. I got, I got to check out these guys. And it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. And it's, it is lots of fun to discover something for new. There's so much of that shit out there. You know, don't ever feel like you've heard everything. I mean, uh, I'm sure I'm sure not one of you think that, but I think sometimes we feel like we have, but really there are so many cool things to discover uh but maybe it's about time to it's about like oh there's so many things to discover but I mean fuck it I got I got uh twelve things I need to discover already that I've already have interested and in, you know blah 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 so so uh get on the get on get in line get in line <laughs> um and I'm I'm a very judicious uh, person with my lines. I like to to uh, you know do the, the everything chronologically in order. If I uh, if I was gonna check out something you know uh, f- um, a month ago, I would check that out before the thing I wanted to check out uh, nine months ago, and so on and so forth. And uh, and so uh, you know you just take your time. Uh, you ta- you you just wait in line. You just wait in line. Okay. But uh, yeah, I I'm putting uh, King Crimson in my set list to check out. Um, once again, I think uh, Dan put me over the edge with King Crimson because, uh, because yeah, all my siblings love them, and I I really I think there's a part of the name maybe even that like it's funny how little things that might make you not want to check something out, but uh but I totally am gonna check them out. Anyways, um so it's time to get raw. It's time to get raw because I'm here alone, all by myself. I have a psychological safe border around me where I feel comfortable enough to say stuff that I would say maybe to you guys if I were mano y mano or or trio y mano being being Chris Chris Dan and Scott and me. Uh, so, all right, I would. It's this this week with podcasts. It seems to be Jim Norton week. Um, I was just listening to Jim Norton on the Kevin Pollock show, but he was on he's he's been on like five of the podcasts that I know. I think he might be in the l a area or something like that and and he's just hitting up everything he can and everybody wants him it seems to be it's it's a good mutual thing because uh Jim's a good guy to talk with uh I actually saw him do stand up kind of by accident. I, I went to the Comedy Cellar in New York when I and I actually listen to a Comedy Cellar podcast now, which is actually pretty good. And it's actually kind of famed the po- com- Comedy Cellar table, I guess you know where where comedians will go and talk and have you know uh, kind of philosophical conversations, whatever. Uh, even though they're comedians, it's kind of kind of interesting. Um so so uh yeah, Jim Norton is totally of that ilk. Uh Callum Quinn is like the king of it, I guess, but uh Jim Norton's also there. And uh he he I saw him uh, do stand up when we went there uh during the, the Christmas break, me me and my wife. And uh and he was okay. I mean his is his, his stand up is, you know, very specific. It's it's like, you know, dirty stuff. Uh, dirty sex stuff, usually, or 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 something related to to dirtiness. Um, but when he he's on podcasts and stuff and actually talking, like, uh, actually he's on the Opie and Anthony show all the time. He, you know, he's he's great at that. He's uh he's good at basically. Um, the thing that I find that his his overwhelming thing is that he's not afraid to say anything. Um, he's not a. a f- Afraid to say anything because he kind of has this mentality, like maybe he's just a hard-in New Yorker where he feels like there's an underbelly, ugly side, blah blah blah, of everybody, and everybody has some connection to it, and uh, that you have to kind of, you know, not be judgmental at all about that shit because um, because everybody it's it's everywhere. And and so he's not afraid to, to say things that he knows are not like, you know, maybe we'll all be shocked a little bit. But he knows that it's safe to say because it really is true. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, like, like think about all these things. Think about all our intimate moments. You know, we, we, uh, we have all these intimate moments. I was thinking about what Chris was talking about, about not wearing a shirt. I actually don't have a shirt on right now. I am inside my house and I'm not – I would prefer to be shirtless. I would prefer to be shirtless in a lot of situations Uh, but um, I can't because – i I mean I personally can't even- even if I was in good shape i'm I still feel awkward with it because it it's it's kind of a statement you know what I mean it's kind of like uh like like if a girl wears just like a like a tiny top on 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 top outside you know they're also kind of making a statement that um you know i'm I'm okay with this I'm also kind of uh i like my body kind of deal, and I never wanted to feel like I pushed that or or whatever. Um, so <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I, I think Chris who, who I, I, um, you know, he, he has a hard time with taking off his shirt in public and I, 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 get it, you know, um, um, uh, like it's funny. Cause like in his perspective, he probably sees us all like, Hey, look at you guys, you know, you're perfectly, perfectly healthy guys. Why aren't you always shirtless? Why don't you always walk around without your shirt off? I mean, no one's going to give a shit. Look at you, you're, 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 handsome and, uh, you got a great physique and, um, all I could say to that is, uh, it doesn't matter about anything, you know. The I think it's hard to take off your shirt because it's like, uh, it kind of brings out a little bit of that intimate stuff, you know. All right, intimate moments. Like think about these things, the things that we do alone, that we'd like to do alone. I like to do alone, anyways. Like, um, like for instance, uh, taking a bath, uh, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, um, taking a, you know going to the bathroom. Um, these are all private moments that, that we, we basically have, I mean, we, we got a little education when we were kids, but then once, once we got to a certain age, it was basically it's all uh, us from then on. And so it's kind of funny. Because uh, I know lots of kids, I remember when I was a kid, like, or, or people, you know, it was like ex- exposure when you were a kid because cause there were situations where you did have to take a piss or, or take a dump in front of people. And, like, it was funny because some kids would just be kind of sheltered and just be taking a piss, like, in some weird way. <laughs> like, I remember... I don't know how many kids I've seen uh in the past they had some form where they did it where they just like uh i mean, I think it just boys is all I have experience with, but they they would just pull their pants down when they were gonna take a piss and then just they wouldn't put their hands on their penis they would just stick their their pelvis forward, put their hands somewhere to the side or behind their back, and just pee like that i i I think it's so funny because I mean that that's just basically this kid's way of doing it. He's never been checked in on, you know, no one's watching him piss. And so he just keeps on doing it. I mean, he never, you know, was taught until possibly some horrible experience in high school where he he uh, figures it out finally. And I think that's still true. There's always this kind of little sheltered part of us where we have our beliefs that we've held on since we were a child. Like, um, even, even brushing your teeth. Like, sometimes, I, I kind of got beyond this, but, but I mean, early on with my dating, I used to notice shit like that. Like, I would be like... You 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 brush your teeth like that, or you you take a bath like that, or you wash your ass like that, or you dry yourself with a towel like that, or you take a shit like that, or you know, uh, and 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 uh, you know, and, and it's interesting. I mean, now I just think it's all all just bullcrap. Let everyone be what they want to be, but I also think it's kind of funny how. Without this kind of social guidance, without the guidance of other other people watching you do stuff, or or kind of you know being clued into how things are or, or whatever, or having good, or or having parents that that kind of communicate that, um, you can be left in the dark for so long, so long, <laughs> and I think I found that I think uh, part of me that's like that is that I I was very I was very nonverbal as a kid because. I had two things going against me. Uh, One, um, social situations were hard. You know, I I socially was was very uh, awkward, and I and uh, I was kind of I don't it's hard to explain, but or or at least the the explanations are a little too raw for me right now. But uh, but I was very quiet as a kid. um, Based on that, and also on the fact that I was the sixth of of uh, seven kids. And Todd, my oldest brother, who I'm going uh, to have the interview with today, he was the oldest of all that. And so it's a very different dynamic. And he was oldest by far. I mean, I actually talked to him a little bit about um, him being like an uncle almost because he was out of the house, you know, b- before I was even like five, you know, and or well, not quite that early for me, but, but pretty darn early. Uh, he had his first child at 91 and 91, I would have been eight years old, um, actually 7. I would have uh, been like I have my birthday in December so I would have, wouldn't have been 8 till December and and he had his first kid in January. So so basically he had his first kid at when I was 7. I basically just turned 7. So so you know and he was out of the house by then. So 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 basically what I mean by being the younger one is that you know um, especially with my kind of family, it was kind of like very raw type of talks. A lot of times, like, like if we saw something wrong or whatever, we would let you know right away or, uh, uh, you know, just kind of quirkiness of our family. Like I was very scared to talk. I, uh uh, even uh, because I was shut down a lot because I was like the stupid kid, you know, and b- I probably was a stupid kid. I probably didn't know anything, but I, I just wanted to f- feel like I could talk, you know, feel like I could say anything. Um, and, and, and kind of the atmosphere was kind of like dog eat dog. So, so like, I, I just, just, uh, just stayed quiet a lot. I mean, I really didn't, and then I wasn't going to talk to myself. So basically I kinda, I kinda had my inner dialogue in my head, you know, and that's where I developed, I think in those early years was in my head. So I think what's in my head is a lot, um, you know, more mature than what is, uh, what, what I socially am able to do. Um, so so like like probably socially I'm I'm you know probably somewhere in the I think I've gotten to probably about the normal place that most high schoolers are at socially I'm probably getting to about post high school now maybe that now that I'm about thirty <laughs> I'm almost thirty I'm gonna be thirty in December um now that I've I finally got that. Uh, got the social, or, or, or not in thirty years? I think I'm kind of gotten to the social level of an adult. <sighs> um, it's it's not easy because I mean, I mean, and it's not like I'm any exception. You know, I mean, tons of people have social problems. Some tons of people are introverts and and they can't, you know. But but uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just like kind of like normal etiquette, uh, understanding other people. Um, Uh, better being kind of open. Like, I think I've made, you know, jumps, leaps and bounds in kind of those areas. But, uh, but as far as my internal self, my uh, intellectual self, I think I've, I've always been, you know, pretty, pretty up to up to speed, if not even better than then up to speed in that area. I think, I think I, you know, there's part of me that just, I feel like I'm always getting felt like I, you know, that, um, saying like thing about people that are real thinkers, like the real smart people or whatever. Not that I want to say I'm real smart. I, I, cause I'm, cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Real smart. I'm, I'm smart, I think, but I um, but I think that's another thing in, in America. We kind of overestimate ourselves and I'm old enough to realize that I'm not that smart. I'm old enough to realize that I'm actually an idiot a lot. And I and I should be embrace that one, more often because whenever you embrace it, it's better. But but you see, that's that's the kind of thing like there's still this world out there that's very this very social pressure that you want to know everything all the time. And uh and I'm mature enough now to to see past that bullshit. And uh and so I'm I'm little by little getting better. But i, I, I saw parts of the conversation with Todd where I was a little bit that way and then another parts that I I I uh I you know used my maturity to kind of backpedal a little bit and uh and and Todd's good at finding out that bullshit too because he's had thirteen more years of experience in that than me and he's he's good at that. Um, um, some some uh, some might even even say it's a little intimidating sometimes talking to my older brother Todd. I, I mean, as far as the culture of my family, because he is the older one and he's he's you know and and he'll he'll uh, break you down if he needs to you know and and and. I think when I was younger that would that would you know really terrify me but I think once again I've matured to the point where no I mean it's just okay you know it's it's not it's not that bad it's not that that negative it's just that he's just seen the world a little bit and he's given you a little bit of uh, you know hey you know uh, break your little understanding of the world a little bit and, and start to realize that you don't know any, everything and uh, and that's okay you got to feel like you don't know everything and that's okay um so so the that that's that's where i'm at that that was a real flow flow thing you know um so so yeah uh so that's that i i I think i covered it i i think i might have had some sort of point i was going to but I, i i don't i i don't need to finish that off let's just let's just say that let's go on to the the conversation with todd i thought i thought i yeah. Th- I good... all right the conversation with todd um he yeah, or, or well the conversation with todd okay we um we talked for a good two hours it was great i'm going to split this up into two podcasts that'll actually also give me a little time to to get everything under order and I can, um, have more time for the beginning part to, to plan out or maybe, maybe not plan out, but, but maybe give it a little structure. I don't know. So, so anyways, I'm splitting up into two parts. Um, it was, this is the first time I recorded with an iPhone, which has a quarter inch jack. So I was able to put it directly into my mixer and, uh, it sounded good, but it was, it was easily, if I put it too high, it easily clipped, and then and then when I got to the point of not clipping, it sounded kind of quiet anyways. And I think that's probably just due to the quality of telephone conversations. I, I turned it up all the way. Um so so Todd still sounds a little quiet, but I think the quality of of, of the sound is better and it's more consistent because I didn't have to put it up the microphone whenever it... I mean, I got pretty good at putting putting the speakerphone up to the microphone. I almost find that it, you know that that kind of compensates uh, if they're being quiet or something like that. But um, but I I don't know. I, I thought the the quality sounded pretty good. Okay, so without further ado, Todd, my brother Todd. All right, we are on the phone now with my oldest brother, Todd. He is 42 or 43. You're going to be 43, right?
1: I I turned 43 in May.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right, you're May. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible with birthdays, but I guess the only thing I could say is that we have a lot of siblings. Uh, That's true. Yeah, you probably know mine, though.
1: Yeah, you're December of, of 83, so you'll be 30.
0: Yeah, I'll be 30. So I kind of have a big, you know, a, big 30 coming. <laughs> I, I wonder if it's more weird for me or for you, you know, seeing your me become 30. I don't
1: know um I don't I think um I don't know, I think 30 was more significant for me than 40.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you you're 40. Yeah, well, it, it before we go there like um so so you you run a a computer shop, right? yeah and uh so you generally do like um you know uh repair work or whatnot and and uh so you know I thought that was kind of an interesting business i I thought maybe you might have uh some stories that uh you might know you know some 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 like like give us give us a sort of an idea of some of the the shit that a computer repairman has to go through, you know like like through a story
1: um uh, well, mostly. Mostly i deal with windows obviously and uh most uh most of the time it's viruses and malware um as far as what people do to screw up their machines um, other than that it's you know hardware failing hard drives motherboard so, lightning, strike,
0: lightning, lightning strike.
1: strikes lightning strikes take out a lot of stuff so what's like
0: what's like the sort of the things that suck you know Uh what are the sort of things that suck about the job?
1: Um, probably uh, dealing with a uh, lot. You know, dealing with customers. I would say that's any more anybody.
0: Okay, um, so, so I mean, it,
1: it's great, and it can be, it can suck. I mean, uh, depending on the customer, some people, some people will bring a computer in, and then anything that goes, you'll fix it up, and then anything that goes wrong with it. After that, hey, remember a year and a half ago when I brought my computer in? <laughs> you know, well, you did something to screw it up. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, that kind of
0: thing. Yeah, and I bet you, you know, everyone's kind of like a know-it-all.
1: Sometimes, uh, I mean, in the computer business, it's it, you kind of kind of hold your ground. I mean, you know, the, the whole uh, customer is always right scenario uh, is usually not true in the computer world. customer is usually wrong um <laughs> oh, i mean and, and not to say that i have i have some wonderful customers but then i have you know people that get stupid about like okay well um it's, it says here in this book uh that i should do this and it's like well that guy's obviously smarter than me because he wrote a book so <laughs> you know yeah
0: go ask, have, go ask him to repair it
1: Exactly. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like you know. I'll get sometimes I you know get sarcastic, but the thing is, is when you're in a service business, a, that's that's the main thing. Is you know your main your main business is servicing the customer, not necessarily the computer. So
0: yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. G- yeah go, go ahead.
1: Well, I mean that's. I mean that's the main. You know, a happy customer is a good customer. So yeah, you, you want to try happy, but you have to kind of guide them in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and you you got to kind of learn, yeah, you have to learn how to be like a, a customer shepherd. You got to guide them. Hey,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, like with, with Windows, I always recommend Firefox uh, as far as the browser with Adblock Plus on it, so it keeps the banner ads down, so that also helps keep malware off the computer. Um, you have to kind of, you know, people like tend to, we, I call them drive-by installs, not by, not because it's like a drive-by shooting because they drive by them while they're hitting the next button. Ooh, here's a free, you know, here's a free video player that I don't need. And then they go next, 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 next. And then they got, you know, a browser, helper object to redirect their searches. They got toolbars all over the place, you know, just (laughs) Just ignorance, you know, really. I mean, um, and so that, uh, a lot of that, I mean, but frankly, if it wasn't for windows, i wouldn't
0: be doing this, so. You know. <laughs> so yeah, you really get to know Windows. So so that that actually kind of uh, helps makes me think of uh, Linux. You're a big Linux guy, right? I mean, uh,
2: I
1: like. I, I wouldn't say I'm a big Linux guy. I have a I have a distribution I like called um, PC Linux OS. Uh
2: huh. A guy that
1: well, it was started by a guy uh, called. Go we went by the handle of Techstar, T-E-X-S-T-A-R.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, his name is Bill Reynolds. He's on Facebook. He's a cool guy. And uh, he started out um, as a, he would do custom packages for a OS called uh, uh, Mandrake, which is the front. it was a French, uh, Mandrake was kind of France's uh, entry into the
0: Okay, just... all right. So let's let's get this a little layman. You know, I mean, I so um so basically, it's kind of explaining what Todd's saying is that this guy, uh, operating systems, you know, the things that run your computer. Basically, most people have run off Windows if they have a PC, and then and then there's an operating system for for Apple that comes along with the computers. So this guy was making his own versions, his own custom versions.
1: It, actually, to, to get, I'm kind of getting putting the cart in front of the horse.
0: Uh... Okay.
1: Linux, there, going way back I mean before Windows before Microsoft before Steve Jobs 70s um, be, be back into the 60s okay Six, uh-huh. um, there There was a an operating system called Unix that was developed by AT&T okay AT&T developed this operating system called uh, Unix and it was a cross platform operating system or other words it would run you know you could, you could design it to run on different hardware and that and uh, and um, the government told, at one, at some point, the government told AT&T that, wait a minute, you can't be a monopoly in the phone business and be in the computer business at the same time. Oh. So AT&T took their project, uh-huh. Unix, and they gave it to Berkeley. And Berkeley, oh. it. Berkeley developed it. And, I, and this is all very, uh, how do you say, this is all in a very loose nutshell, if you will.
0: Sure, sure. Um, well, that's all we really need.
1: And, you know, you can go on Wikipedia and look up the history of Unix. Yeah, um, yeah, spark, uh, Unix, spark
0: people's interest, spark in, uh, spark their interest.
1: Right, uh, Berkeley developed Unix, and uh, they, you know, that when. You know, so, consequently, it's really the Unix is the original cross-platform operating system kernel. Well, then.
0: Jump ahead. So, so wait, can can you just explain just one thing that, that I think will help make it easier? Is well, that um, what sort of things were were they running uh, that back then? I mean, what sort of things would Unix even be helping? Com- what, what sort of operating? I mean, would it was it looking something like DOS or was it? I mean, back then I can't imagine there was anything very fancy.
1: Now, uh, in fact, the first graphic user interface, the first GUI. Yeah, As we call it, uh, was developed by Xerox Palo Alto Labs, running on top of the Unix operating system. So that's so Unix
0: was. Unix was part of the beginning of that, too, huh?
1: It, yeah, and uh, they, they that, that's where they came up with the Hex windowing system, where both Steve Jobs and Bill Gates took their ideas from, okay? Uh, in fact, uh, they had... Uh, it, Steve Jobs talked about going to Palo Alto Labs and seeing the first mouse and, you know, trying to develop a mouse that uh, instead of $250 cost $25 to make, you
2: know?
1: Yeah. 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 But that, anyway, um, that you had Unix and then you had something in the eighties that came up called open source, the, uh, uh, and the GPL was developed, uh, Richard Stallman I believe is the name uh, that started the, the uh, GPL which is General Public License uh-huh. and uh, w- uh, then a guy called Linus Torvalds in the early 90s I believe it was 1991 developed a, a Unix-like kernel called Linux okay, after Linus Torvalds now
0: you use and that word kernel a lot we, we better find out what that is before we go too far
1: the core of the operating system like Windows, uh, uh, Windows run ran, off, well, at one point it ran off the Win32 kernel, you know. Uh-huh. The kernel is the core of the operator. It's kernel with K E R So, so is
0: it a lot of, of programming, like written programming?
1: It's, uh, here, here's what Wikipedia says a kernel is. Sure, go ahead. Computer I, program that manages input-output requests software translates them into data processing instru- instructions for the central processing unit the cpu and other electronic components of a computer kernel is a fundamental part of the modern computer's operation okay so words,
0: so it's like the brain's like um like breathing system what what's that part of the brain that like that runs like the nervous system and stuff i don't know Like, but like, it's like the autonomic. like, like, it's like, it's like the things that make the commands of the things that keep it like, like that makes it, you know, run all, all its circuit, all its, you know, the body of the computer, I guess. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but. I
1: would say that that's, that's probably a good metaphor. And, uh, you, you know, so when, whenever people say Linux, Linux is kind of a bastard child of Unix, uh, and other, you know, so a lot uh of that, you know, like, but of obviously,
0: obviously, the name is you know it's kind of a homage to it,
1: right? It is, and uh, basically, um, Linus Torvalds reverse engineered Unix and, and wrote his own Unix-like kernel, called and, and named it Linux. Okay. And so every all you know when you see Ubuntu and Red Hat and Mandrake, uh-huh. uh, which became Mandriva, which PC Linux OS is, is based on. Uh, all of those are what they're called. they call those distributions, okay but at its core at the kernel level, it is Linux. okay the Linux they all run the Linux kernel. Even your Android phone runs the Linux kernel. Okay, okay,
0: okay. But, so so the kernel I mean, the kernel is like is like the signature of someone's like the the real the real stuff that everything is built upon in the system. It's like uh, the, the 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 beginning architecture.
1: Uh, that's how the software integrates, it, 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 software communicates with the hardware. It's like the the, uh, um, the interface between software and hardware.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, so that, okay, and, and so that, obviously, that's like a primary programming uh, right. th- part of the computer. Right. It, and without that, nothing else would work.
1: It, uh, memory management, device management, system calls.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, you know, in, input output devices. You know, uh, your keyboard. You know, they, I mean, just all the basics. You know. Yeah. Um. You device, uh, you know, uh device drivers are, are kernel level uh, in in Linux anyway. It's all kernel level stuff. Um. Yeah. And then you, it's a way you know, like so. Then I I develop a piece of software like Word or something like that. It has to have a way to interface with the keyboard so you can type on it well that's through the kernel okay yep. you know i mean yep, that yep. kind of stuff or uh you got to be able to see it on the screen <laughs>
0: all right so so is there is there basically these three kernels unix or well linux linux windows and uh and uh, and, 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 apple, and apple
1: the, the apple os 10 uh the the original os 10 kernel is based off of well it was next os which came from three bsd which is basically unix kernel, so in a way all linux operating systems and and linux based operating systems and apple operating systems are cousins really mm.
0: of, you know. so when uh, windows uh, windows is the only really unique uh you know not related
1: um, they originally had the, the original windows I believe had a DOS kernel
0: ooh DOS. Okay, so DOS. So could DOS is really the the uh, the the you know the different like approach.
1: Oh uh, well, the DOS, the DOS. came from uh, you know Microsoft, and their uh, they got a contract to write an operating system for IBM pcs Yeah. So they uh, and I forget all the. Again, you can look it up on YouTube for the names, or YouTube. Uh, you probably find it on YouTube, but Wikipedia, with that, you know the names and stuff like that. But uh, basically, what it comes down to is Microsoft uh, was hired to uh, write and to to write an operating system for uh, IBM PC.
0: Ooh, so so that was like Microsoft's first big contract.
1: that was Microsoft's first big, huge, huge contract. Uh, they, So they went and they found a guy in Redmond that had, in Washington that had uh, developed an operating system called Qdos, which stood for Quick and Dirty Operating System. Okay. uh, (laughs) And they 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 hired him, paid him like fifty grand. So so technically,
0: DOS stands for Dirty Operating System.
1: Disk operating system, but yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) If you want to look at it that way, but uh, but uh, DOS. Was developed, you know, they they hired a guy that had the QDOS and he ported it over to IBM's hardware, you know, wrote it for IBM's hardware, and that's the rest is history. That's what made Microsoft a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar company with DOS really, and then later on Windows, yeah, and then you know Windows ninety-five changed the world really
0: yeah yeah that was that was really i remember that myself 95 and 97 that was like the early days when when like computers started becoming as accessible to everyone
1: right and they did i mean they, they put a computer in everybody everybody's home and that was their goal at the time their corporate goal is put a computer put a pc in every home and they did it i mean you know, yeah so. yeah you didn't have to be
0: a, a nerd anymore i guess I mean, the only places I, I saw computers before then were like those little floppy disk apples that, like, you know. I mean, they, they weren't that hard to work, but they weren't they weren't like something that like grabbed you and made you think, "I need one in my house," you know.
1: Right, exactly, and they were very expensive. You know, oh yeah
0: those. yeah so the only people that had them were freaking you know institutions and stuff like that and that that was apples i think that was apple's only lifeline for a while the only place i saw apples I mean though though all my friends say that they've had apples since like the 80s but but um I, you know as far as I remember the only apples I saw were in in schools you know
1: yeah in schools uh, i mean well i went to holland school in the 80s and we had radio shack computers we didn't even have Apple computers. (laughs) They
0: actually had Radio Shack. I don't even know what that would have been.
1: They were TRS-80 Model 4s. They were basically PC clones. Um, Oh, okay. The Tandy computers later on. TRS stood for Tandy Radio Shack. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I I had a Tandy. (laughs) They
1: had Chris DOS, TRS DOS. Yeah. So they had their own DOS, which is basically DOS.
0: It was just a rip off. Of yeah, yeah, like like Linux. I was, and, uh,
1: I, if you can look on YouTube and see like Bill Bixby doing an ad for the, I think it was the Tandy two thousand, or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like three thirty five hundred dollars, and it was such a bargain, you know. Yeah, same totally. with, I mean, Apple had Apple had the Lisa, and the Apple three um, was something a lot of people never heard of because they were so bad.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, that kind of makes me think. Okay, so so. I think that I mean I don't know about you guys but I feel like I learned a lot here. I mean that that's it's it's really kind of cool to think you know that history um and and it really kind of breaks down what's really important what 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 was the really you know like we got all sorts of varieties of computers now all sorts of ways to to do things and it seems like you know it's a whole whole bunch of whatever but really it all breaks down to the software and that was like the kind of the history
1: yeah, and um, and two, you know, like different a Like, if you get into the Linux end and the uh, the the uh, GPL, the General Public License, the idea of uh, GPL is that um, you know early on in computers, uh, the money was in the hardware, yeah, and software was a secondary thing. Well, Microsoft kind of changed that. Yeah,
0: you know? that that's what um, Steve Jobs always said was that the the thing that made Bill Gates the best was that he figured out for everyone that it was the software.
1: Right. Yeah, that's what Bill Gates... I mean, and Bill Gates, I mean, any more than like uh, if Monsanto wants to make uh, GMO corn and uh, wants to not label it so that you don't know that you're eating it, then they go to the government and they, you know, they buy... they, They lobby some politicians to put it through and they changed the law to suit them. And that's kind of what Bill Gates did. Uh, Not, maybe not so sinister, but, you know, back in the seventies, Bill Gates and his group of people, they, they were fundamental in getting intellectual property rights for software. Um,
0: you know huh. yeah yeah i mean and that during the those well, those turf wars i mean i'm sure sure like uh it was just it was just a matter of 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 seconds like like you know just uh p- the, just a race of who's gonna you know well, ba- and, and, and then like, ba-
1: you know like like uh if you watch like the uh I, i'm a big movie buff too and you watch the um like the behind the scenes and the star wars and they're talking about making the first um of the first uh, motion control camera rigs, you know. Uh-huh. And you guys built those computers, you know. I mean, from scratch, they didn't just go buy a PC, a motherboard, and, and no. load Windows on it. Those guys had to write the software, too, I mean. So yeah. at one time, you know, yeah, the hardware was one. You had to write your own software or, or build, you know, to run on the computers. You didn't buy software off the shelf. <laughs> that's, and that, that's crazy. Microsoft, they, they made software a business, a business.
0: Yeah, 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 and so basically, you know, he 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 won that race, even though maybe that race was—I mean, it was bound to be someone to 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 get on top there. But I mean, it was like it was like going to happen. And well,
1: the other thing is that if you uh, you know the, the the GPL, what I was going to get to, and the kind of all the Linux distributions is that uh, most software. Uh, should be free, and if they're developed, if it's developed under the general public license, and you have to provide at least the this, this source code as freely available. So if somebody wants to take that source code and add on to it, and then they contribute back, you know, add on to it, sell their product if they want, sell their services if they want, but they have to, that, but they have to uh, contribute back to the community. They have to give their development back to the community. And that's one reason Linux has come so far. As it, you know, even though it's it's probably the the biggest not a household name thing going. I mean, now that everybody's got an Android device uh, in their house, they all are running Linux. You know, they all are using Linux. So.
0: Yeah. So, so, so who made that decision with with Android and Google? Did Did who 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 made the decision to use a Unix um, kernel?
1: A Linux kernel, I mean. Um, I'm not sure who individually made that decision, but, uh, the, the, uh, um, you know, uh, that, the, whoever was in charge of the Android project, I'm sure did. I mean, they've got other, uh, the Chrome OS is another, uh, it's based on a Linux kernel as well. It's based on the Linux kernel as well. And then there's all kinds of devices out there that, that have, uh, Linux, you know, embedded in them or whatever, because that, you know, it's, it's really bad I mean, if I'm a software, I don't have to pay any intellectual property rights to get access to the Linux kernel. I could just go get it.
2: Yeah.
1: And, I can just get it. and if I was a software developer, which I'm not, I'm not I don't have the patience for that. I'm a,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. more of
1: a nut kind of guy. But, um, um, if I wanted to develop my own software under the Linux kernel, it's very easy to do it. You know, I don't have, uh, I, you know, like, but if I want to develop under Apple, you know, I got to pay Apple. I got to pay Microsoft, you know, like, um, yeah, I don't have to develop software under under
0: uh, Linux. Yeah, and that that's cool because I mean that that you know charges up those really you know uh, brilliant you know uh, people that that want to you know that they have they have drive you know.
1: Well, uh, it's like okay, look at the difference between uh, Firefox and Internet Explorer. Maybe uh, I I don't know the exact numbers, uh, but uh, because the Firefox browser is open source. And uh, Internet Explorer is closed source, so I mean, you might have a hundred people, if that, fifty people, maybe working on Internet Explorer, where you have thousands of people working on Firefox because it's all there. You know, if you can develop software, you can you can work home.
0: Yeah, Firefox. it's like it's like peer review.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's
0: right. it's um you know peer re, peer reviewed journals where where uh you know people will put things in journal but but then you know there might be criticize criticism or or just people a bunch of people checking it out to make sure that it's it's uh, kosher and if they find a problem they'll let you know.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, I mean, um, you know, community like the access to community is always the better route. I mean, that's that's what I I think that's probably what made the internet take off like it did once it became free of of closed source. Um, like inter- internet's like the o- uh, ultimate open source, you know.
1: Right, and and the internet belongs to all of us. It's it's um I mean, you pay to have access to it. Yeah. But um the internet belongs to us, and that's that's. I think that's why our our government, amongst other, they keep trying to lock it down. Yeah, uh, you it, know, the Chinese that's it's a great it's firewall, it's you know too know
0: scary, I mean? man. It's too scary for for people in charge. You know, it's uh, they don't they can't predict it. You know,
1: believe it or not, I mean, even though it does it seems like we've had the internet for a long time, but it's a really still very new technology, and it's still in its infancy. I mean, the internet is still in its. I mean, the internet and um um twenty years after the development of the printing press, the publishing industry was still in its you know i mean
0: yeah so, and and yeah I mean, and, th- and that and that in itself that is dying, i mean it's dead i mean it's just it's just you know the 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 biggest institutions are just staying alive 'cause of probably you know everyone fifty and above, but I mean for the most part you know the n- uh, physical newspaper is dead.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean uh, that. that that's who would have? A, yeah, who would have predicted is, that?
0: You know, but um, it, it, well, it, like, I
1: mean, people that 30 years ago we were going to have a paper free society. Yeah, and we're starting to see that now. I mean, we're we are actually starting to see that. I mean, not not paper free as so much as you know, you're running. You know, you might be more likely to print crap out. I yeah. think now that uh, we have all these handheld devices, um. And book readers and stuff like that. That we're actually starting to really kind of scratch the surface of, of what a paper free society is really going to be like.
0: Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I, you know, imagine all those those heavy books in our book bags, you know. And now it's just going to be one pad that you don't even have to have a book bag anymore. Or, or... Oh,
1: the, the cloud, the the cloud based computing. You know, all your files, all so your files. That's the the other step. You know, instead of all your files being on locked into a, a computer uh, sitting in and on your desk somewhere where it could start on fire or uh, if you if you want access you know you got to put your files on a flash drive or something to take it to your other device to plug it into your other device to be able to see those files or networking together what well, I mean that's where you know Android and, and iOS have, have taken us now you know uh, Microsoft is, is jumping in on that too where Hey, what if you can put all store all your files on, on a server somewhere and it might be free or you might pay for it, but I can access as long as I have internet access, I can access it from any device. I can make it from my
0: Yeah, my yeah. So I mean I mean it basically think I mean if if you if you consider the amount of speed that'll that'll increase over time and the amount of access to, to internet and whatnot, like like basi- yeah, I
2: mean, basically uh, look
0: at, you know, internet uh, is wireless. I mean, it, I mean, uh, our cell phones show us that. You know, the the wireless is getting better and better every day. And the more and more things become wireless, I feel like the more and more like like it's just uh,
1: it's like why well, have a giant record collection other than um, other than for the feel of, of vinyl? Yeah, yeah. Pick uh, it on a record player, and uh, and the it's and like the whole active activity of taking the needle and putting it in the groove and it, playing it. It's, but what I mean now you got stuff like Spotify where you've got everything uh Pandora where you have everything here and iTunes and whatnot that you have ever access to all the music that's ever been recorded. Yeah. You know? quality format i
0: mean you know and no 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 concept like some people were saying that that kids nowadays will have no concept of the 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 skipping disc or keeping things you know like scratches and stuff like that you know or or keeping things steady you can't walk fast because you're gonna make the the record skip or 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 the cd i mean even the cds with their technology they skipped you know i mean uh and and the just it's gone that that uh that concept
1: now the only day and the only thing I can you know the more reliant on any kind of technology that we we make ourselves more reliant on is if a disaster happens we uh, uh it could do possibly more damage, like you know if there's a giant EMP pulse or something or solar flares have knocked out everything i guess yeah,
0: I heard about that, yeah, and they say again, it could it could know, happen I mean, any day
1: sure I mean but then again <laughs> you know they I mean,
0: they they do over. You know.
1: Right tomorrow too, you know, and and, and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and that, they
0: tend to you know over over exaggerate that sort of shit too, you know, like you know, like like they they're not breaking it down to like the science of it. They're just telling you the, like the the you know the sound bit that 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 makes you scared, you know.
1: Right, I mean, but they like like I mean, if you look at um, maybe science fiction being the driver of technology, I mean. Look at all the stuff on Star Trek. I mean, what what don't we have in Star Trek? We don't have starships yet. Yeah. We don't have, beam, don't have transporters. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, um, we don't have phasers.
2: But yeah. But we're,
1: clo- we're close on some of that stuff. But we do have all the communications. Yeah.
0: Have. Communi- I mean, communications. Like, like, I mean, communication. Like things that 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 like really take off are the things that you can make that make sense. Like especially in like a. Like think of it like in a war sense where all your your technology goes. I mean, like all that early technology started like in World War Two, you know, and World War One. Like like um, I mean, actually those wars were almost like a a showing off of their technology. Like World War One, they were talking about was a powder keg because all these nations had these big armies from the Industrial Revolution or big big like stocks that they all wanted to test it out. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know technology was just booming. I mean, it, uh, and and then. World War 2 like like communications was what like became you know I, I can't remember what sort of but I mean computers came out of World War 2 and I think communications I mean they were going back to to civil war with like the telegraph you know what I mean and and oh. And, and from all that you know it's all like just a struggle to beat the neck your competitor you know and uh i mean it's just crazy the exponential rate that all this shit and, and, and so yeah it, may, it just communications in particular kind of makes me think back to war well i mean
1: if you think about it the original binary code is morse code literally it's
0: binary on or off on or off d or blank i
1: mean it's Dashes, but it's the same. Oh, oh same. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The b- bumps and dashes. Yeah, that. that. Oh,
1: I mean, and so I mean, if you want, you can trace both telecommunications and computer technology back to you know Morse code.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I mean, you really can if you think about it. And then you know, IBM came along and they built counting machines to to help. Uh, uh, well, actually, it started because they needed a machine that was would do the i believe it was the 1880 or
0: 1890 census yeah and,
1: oh, um, oh cool and that's that's where ibm came from and and then all these you know i mean yeah everything
0: yeah total. you know
1: other came up and you know i mean eventually you had but uh you know you had at&t um you had western union you know yeah. communications and then eventually that became um uh, you know, uh, that developed, you know, Bell Labs developed the first transistor, which, you know, uh, brought along the, um, radio, the digital computing. I mean, you had, oh, digital, yeah, yeah. but everything was analog,
2: you know, everything was vacuum
0: tube. Yeah. 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 Totally digital. Yeah. I mean, I, um, the, uh, uh, I got two things I, w- I wanted to say. Like, I, I just got this, there's a podcast called in our time, um, uh actually i can't think of the the, the guy's name now if marvin something or melvin but but either marvin way the Marsh. what's that <laughs> yeah marvin Mar- the Marsh. yeah the but, but this is this is like a british bbc 4 you know so like like it's like npr for the british and so like it's even more dry than our npr you know and and uh and they just well, go
1: why not they had the bbc that, that was their npr bbc uh,
2: uh, b- <laughs> yeah the bbc no, I'm
1: just saying I'm just saying, you know, like you know, Marvin the Martian's kind of British.
0: Oh, oh he, he He's kind, kind of kind of a
1: gay British thing.
0: Yeah, he kind of yeah, that's it's sure, like like he, he would be kind of a character that would come out of, you know, Monty Python or something like yeah. where, where, is I, the where is the
2: Kaboon? Where is the Kaboon? <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, so but, so so he uh, had the, so so this cool this this um in our time program is awesome because it like like it just goes hardcore on a subject. He t- he gets like some of the best people out of British, you know, uh schools like Oxford and Cambridge and uh and 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 you know anything else, but like like he gets guys from there and then they just go like they give you like everything they know about something in in in, in an hour, you know. And it's a tight hour Tight hour because it is an actual radio show, you know. That's they just put on a podcast, and so so um uh, one I heard that was really good was about radio. That that just came up. You, you should check it out. Uh, but I mean, they just talked about the whole chain of things that made radio, and it was so so awesome to to hear it all. It, like also Yeah, time, I would it, like
1: to hear that because I'm certainly not an, a not an expert at any of this. I'm just you know I'm like you know it's like. It's like Joe the mechanic talking about the invention of the automobile. You know. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, you
1: know, I mean, I'm not Henry Ford or Steve Jobs. For that matter. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, you know, well, my I think you know more.
0: I think you know more than a than a lot of a lot of people I know. You know more than me, and you know you know more than uh, probably most of the guys that uh, that listen to my podcast um but uh yeah the, the i mean radio like you know went back to like um telegraph was really the the first start of radio that's what made me think of that and telegraph yeah. was was basically the, it was a it was a came out of an experiment that was in the early 1800s about um uh making a signal go over a, a wire you know right and then and then eventually some guy uh i can't Seminole, Seminole i can't Morse. remember yeah, Samuel E. Morris. I yeah, mean. Samuel E. Morse, I think, was the guy that uh, made the code. He he was he was a, a, a uh, kind of revolutionary in that time because he he made um, he he made the code uh, like like he he was one of the first to develop the code like for this uh, you know thing, and so so he he was the the first kind of programmer, I guess you could say. Uh, he, he, right. he he made a language for it. And, uh, but, but the real big thing was like with, with inventions, uh, related to electricity. And then they started to realize that they could make a, um, I can't remember what they called it, but an electric pulse, uh, that, that, uh, it, before they called it, it something else before they called it radio waves, but basically they could, you know, make wireless, you know, communication,
1: wireless, wireless telegraphy.
0: Yeah, and that so they would basically have a machine to be. The, uh, Nikola to,
1: Tesla had something to do with that. Yeah, too. exactly. They, Tesla was Tesla was like the.
0: Um, yeah, that's why they went into electricity. He
1: was, he was the mad genius of his time. I mean, he was a bigger genius than
0: than, uh, than Edison. The, Edison. Than Edison or, or Adi- they said they said his he did the AC or, or which one did the AC? Uh,
1: um, um, Tesla.
0: Yeah, and AC Definitely. was was the obvious like superior um way.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, was it dangerous? Yes. I mean, they, uh but Edison went on a, it was kind of like Bill Gates versus Steve Jobs. Yeah. In the 1800s, you know. <laughs> but
0: yeah, totally. And and uh so so he had a relation to that and so they basically made some waves that they could they could make make the waves and then some a tool that could receive the waves. And so that, right. that was huge. And 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 then and then eventually someone in the line was able to make a uh the the ability to change frequencies and that made it even more Useful right, because many, because then you yeah. could actually si- f- f- you know signal in onto one frequency and then right
1: you have am you have am and fm and am is amplitude modulation fm is frequency mod- modulation and each you have a ba- you know you have a carrier wave right so like uh uh you you know you would have a carrier wave and that's your station you know yeah like fifteen twenty on the am dial you know, yeah. that's your carrier wave and yeah. then uh, then oh. well, on the transmitter side, you you put your intelligence on the carrier wave. I mean, your intelligence is the signal you, you want to hear.
2: Yeah, it's so you
1: manipulate that carrier wave, and then at the other end, your receiver strips away the intelligence off the carrier wave, and there you have your, you know, your your voice or data or whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, radio, yeah.
0: You know. Yeah, totally. It, it's basically and then it's, to say,
1: you know, there's uh, uh you know. There's different types of mod, but frequency modulation is you, your carrier wave is a, a range of frequencies, and you know uh, your intelligence modifies the frequency rather than the amplitude of the wave. Anyway, I, yeah, uh, yeah, it's been a while since I was in electronic school, but we had to do that.
0: Yeah, and I think I think a couple of things that made that possible. But guess who the guy? I mean, so during this whole, they said it was like. It was one of the best um, like series of pure science where it was science for science's sake and these were all kind of accidental like discoveries or innovations. Well, if you re- think
1: about it, I mean, most of our major discoveries, uh, scientific discoveries, were made... Um, Spontaneously. You know, uh, well, I mean... Or they in, were made, in, indirectly. Uh, we had basically... every All the technology we have now, we had... 60 years ago, 70 years ago.
2: Oh, okay. I
1: mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's I mean, up you're to saying. The invention of the transistor, you know, in 1948. So yep. ever since then, it's all been pretty much refinements of technology. We had, there were color televisions, you know. Yep. There were, I mean, uh, there was radio, there was, uh, there were computers, there were digital computers yep. uh, by, the, by the end of the 40s. And so ever, all of the major... I mean, other,
0: and once again, you know, they, end of the end of the forties. What was that? That was World War Two, man. That was probably the right, biggest, right, yeah. biggest, biggest dump of resources into that.
1: Right, but yeah, you know, I mean, you it know, was like a desperate a dump lot of you know all these you know all the the developers, the founding fathers of electronics, you know, and um, then you, you had your you know Marconi's and your Teslas and your Edison's and all that thrown into the works.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And, and so, Kodak, so that, you know, that I mean, was the thing that was cool because it was like, uh, you know, th- there was a lot of, they, they, so that's what they found. It was such a, such an example of pure science. And there was a lot of that in the late 1800s and early 1900s, um, go- and, and if going you think on. About it
1: too, I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot of, we're not as far sighted as we used to be because I mean, what you're holding in your hand right now, your, your smartphone there that you're recording the show off of. Yeah. Um, you know, that is the culmination of, you know, 60 years of development. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, some guy invented, the, you know, Bell Labs invented the transistor. And they invested a lot of money and a lot of research into, you know, uh, uh, miniaturizing miniaturization, really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, you, they invented the hard drive in the 50s. Yeah. Well,
2: you
1: know. Now, uh, now the hard drive is that's the next thing that's going to become, obviously, the mechanical drive. But you can go from, you know, uh, I think some giant hard drive that takes half a room that maybe holds five megs of data to, um, you know, to a little tiny laptop hard drive that can hold two terabytes of data. You know, <laughs> what
2: I mean, yeah, but it's ridiculous. It's just
1: refinements of that technology, I mean, now you've got, I think, the latest Intel uh chip uh, uh, let me look it up i think it's got forty billion transistors and i mean seriously um yeah i think it's four it might be four billion I might be jumped, is
0: are are it. we talking like uh size
1: no i'm talking about the c p u uh, the latest core just CPU, just the you the know, the, the, know, c- the commercial generation commercial core processor that has well uh Um, processor let me look it up and Haswell Microarchitecture you gotta love it that's the biggest you know if there's any um 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 Huge innovations of the, you know, it's it's our access to information, really. I mean, when it comes down to, I yeah, mean, everything, all that, all culminates into access to information now.
0: Yeah, and and, and then, then can, I can go
1: and just look, type, type it in the computer, and find uh, how how many transistors. Yeah, and then the access
0: the access of communication or, or access of information is because of our access of communication right it all which yeah, which is all, also the the um you know the wh- what I feel is like it's it's the ability to create an intelligence a, a brand new intelligence I'm
1: sorry, it's 1.4 1.4 1. 4 billion transistors on a on the latest Haswell chip.
0: Yeah, the yeah. Latest. But that's, I mean, that's... And that's
1: that's going to be in your laptop. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. You
0: know, so you went from... <laughs> how, how big would that, um, how many acres would that have taken back in the day? Good
1: Lord, know? I mean, you, know, you can't even imagine. I mean, even would be it, fields. If so you know,
0: someone taking that... Pro- it'd be yeah, fields I mean, and fields that, of...
1: And that'll fit in, you know, that'll fit in your pocket. Yeah. I mean, the, the processor itself is only, you know...
2: Maybe yeah,
0: it's only size, size, a, size of size and a half of your palm. By an
1: inch and
2: a half,
0: yeah, not even. Yeah, it's a lot smaller than your palm. It can fit in your palm.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, t- totally. Um, you can,
1: you know, you can cover it with your thumb. I mean, I mean
0: so, 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 yeah. I mean, so imagine. So this is kind of what. So, so, like I'm saying, like this culmination of the internet is almost like an intelligence of its own. You know what I mean? And and the thing that's kind of cool about that is, uh, like like. Or, or a good example of that is like this program that I heard about the speech program where, right. um, basically, the use of of the internet with uh, what do you call those um, uh, uh, algorithms, the the combination of those two uh, really lets the the internet just. Take off, You know what I mean? It just becomes what it does. You know, it becomes what it does organically, naturally. And and I see that process of organization that eventually can make you think that basically, it, it, uh, you know, intelligence can come out of this. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, individ- right. uh, and um, uh, so so an example of this yeah. would, was a speech program with with an uh, a- a- algorithm that uh, made it so that it would take um common answers to phrases it would basically it was it was a it was a talking program it would talk to you it would hear what you said and then it would try to talk back right and so right. what it would do is it would listen to what you say back to it when it says something and then little by little it would start taking the most common phrases and then start changing its data so that it it would say things back to you based off of the data that's this is what it says after you say that you know what i mean Sure. And little by little, like people don't even know they're speaking to a computer. They they get fooled to think that they're speaking this to a real person. You know what I mean? I, and you take sure. that take yeah. that you know long enough. I mean, it, it would take off. You know, millions of people using that. You know, I mean, just imagine how refined that could get. Well, I
1: think that's like the, like with stuff like uh, voice recognition software, like uh, Siri yeah. and um, yeah, you ex- know, the Android exactly. voice recognition. Um, that's that's-
0: I, and the biggest,
1: uh, you know, that's that's where you have, you know, the cloud, uh, the you know, the, uh, the power of, of the cloud really is just you know this massive interconnected network.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, um, and the fact that everything's getting smaller. I mean, like we're talking about Google Glasses.
1: Well, I mean, just for just to put it into perspective, in ni- uh, looking here in 1999, um, <laughs> the Pentium 3 had 1.9. well, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, where, where is it? Uh, how many million transistors? It was in the... yeah the uh, nine point five million yep. transistors. Yeah, and that was in nineteen ninety nine. That's only fourteen years ago. Yeah. Now they got a chip with one point four billion transistors
0: on it. Yeah, and I mean like like commercial chips.
1: And, and, you know, and then you know and so I mean in the sixties there's got more Moore's law they called it. Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, I always forget his first name. Every he, every so one many, one of the first guys. Yeah, every eighteen months they'll they'll double the amount of uh, transistors they can fit on the same side yep.
0: So once again, an they, an, then, an exponential formula.
1: Right. Yeah, and and it's they've it, it's not really a law, more so more than a goal. <laughs> yeah. But they've kept it up. They've kept it up for the last you know fifty years. Uh, yeah. Period. Moore's Law is the observation that over the history of computing hardware the number of transistors on an integrated circuit doubles approximately every two years the period often quoted as 18 months is due to Intel executive David House who predicted that a period for doubling in chip performance being a combination of the effect of more transistors and their being faster
2: Yeah.
1: it was named after Intel co-founder Gordon E. Moore who described the trend in his 1965 paper. Uh, The paper noted that the number of components in the integrated circuits had doubled every year from the invention of the integrated circuit in 1958, 1965 and he predicted the trend would continue for at least 10 years but now it's, it's, it's going on 50 years Fifty years, yeah, yeah
0: that, that's crazy and and the thing is that the kind of makes me I, I don't know I, I, maybe it means nothing but the fact that it's every 18 months which is not an exponential thing that's just a steady thing That's almost like clockwork you know what I mean whereas the the doubling well it's
1: kind of funny because Intel always called they call them tick and talk yeah <laughs> so the, the um they always go, they're, they, uh, tick is when they, uh, update the architecture and talk is when they shrink it down. So the, the, the fourth generation, these Haswell based processors that I just built a machine on,
2: uh-huh.
1: uh Um, these Haswell processors, the newest ones, are a tick. I may have that backwards. So they, they've just improved the technology itself. Now, the next one, they're they're on a twenty-two nanometer process. The next step will be a tuck, and they'll shrink it down.
2: So okay, then,
1: you know, so so, you know so it's I mean. so
0: it's you you get it faster, then you shrink it. You get it faster, right?
1: Yeah, faster, shrink it, faster, shrink it.
0: Cool, yeah, 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 totally. And
1: uh, architecture development too. Like now, ever since uh, Sandy Bridge, was just two generations ago, they, they've they've been integrating graphics onto the chip, yeah. and AMD's been doing the same.
0: Yeah, I mean and so, and so now
1: they now they don't just have a CPU, they have the graphic they have the GPU built on on the CPU itself. So mm-hmm. I mean that's how I mean now you don't have to wear like a, you don't have to have um like if uh, a motherboard with an onboard video chipset on it, it doesn't have to have that anymore. The, chip, the video chipset, is on the chip. Isn't
0: that funny? I mean, that that consistency actually. I mean, like like clockwork. I mean, so for instance, that it is exponential, but yeah, it is kind of funny that it is like clockwork in that way. Right. You, that you pick it, Clockwork and that's. How you Intel can predict it you know? very well. Then you know that yeah. basically gives you a a very good template for predicting technology. You know. Right. And um. So uh. Uh, I, it just makes me think like, like, okay, they got Google glasses now. Right. You know, yeah. it's like the next step in just integrating technology. Like, like what's his name keeps saying the the, 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 what do you call it? The, the, Oh, um, there's the, the, it's, it's a word that, that represents when man and computer become one cyborg. No, no, no. It's, it's a, it's like, um, You know, it's like a prophecy, you know, the, the, uh, I don't know, but, but if, Kurzweil, Kurzweil, Ray Kurzweil, look up Ray Ray Kurzweil really fast and you'll, it'll say it like in the first second.
1: Okay. Ray Kurzweil.
0: I'm surprised you don't know about him.
1: Um, it sounds familiar. (laughs)
0: Uh. Well, okay. Just when you, when you read this, I'm sure it'll intrigue you.
1: K U R Z.
0: I'm not sure, but I'm sure Google will will fix or it.
1: Kurtz Wheel, W E I L, Kurtz Wheel. Uh, American author, inventor, futurist, director of engineering. I've seen him. I, I recognize his face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, director of engineering at Google, aside from futurology, he's involved in fields of optical character recognition, OCR, speech te- text speech synthesis.
0: So he's predicting. Yeah. He's predicting the this thing called the the something. Uh, maybe in post I'll I'll uh, I'll put the thing the name of it. But I mean I, I figured it would come up right away, like like the that one. the the it was it's something like the unification or the the as
1: soon as he's available. Yeah, go go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh oh, no, oh not not a problem. Exactly was asking a question. Yeah. Uh, written both books on health, artificial intelligence, transhumanism transhumanism maybe that's
0: what you mean no no it's 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 like a, a point in t- the singularity that's it yeah. look up the singularity all
1: right let's look at that
0: the singularity and and he he actually claims that it's already happened but basically while, he, while while you look it up i mean the singularity all it means yeah
1: is, he, he was uh, electronic Kurtz wheel. he uh there's a keyboard uh, he he did uh uh electronic oh there you go yeah, there. Uh, Kurtzweil was a, uh, um, you know, set, uh, in the eighties, I believe uh, there were there was a, a brand of uh, electronic keyboards. Um, technology technological singularities is a theoretical, theoretical emergence superintelligence through technological means.
0: Yeah, so basically, since,
1: uh, since the capabilities such intelligence may be difficult for an unaided human mind to comprehend, the technological singularity is often seen. As an occurrence akin to a singularity, um, beyond which events cannot be predicted, yet many have made educated guesses about what will follow. Um, boy, it goes on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that—that's basically the idea. That that he says humans it's in tech. In
1: Twenty forty-five.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and I mean, like within our lifetimes for sure, and and. Yeah. Uh, um it uh i mean it basically is is saying that we are going to become one with technology and and then we'll be in a sense become a different almost like a different species uh that that would we'll be able to advance as fast as technology will and um you know which is much faster than evolution and uh it's in a sense it is evolution i, I don't even know i mean cuz it's kind of part of us what we create is kind of part of us but um right. Uh, it's like a child of us. And, and so, um, just imagine like that with access to the cloud, you know what I mean? So now it's part of you. So now your cell phone that that's pretty much got everything already is just inside your head now. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just, yeah. I
1: kind of see what you're saying.
0: And so that, and so just imagine having access to the iCloud, as well. You know what I mean? You basically right. are, are, you are, <laughs> you're like a mo- hive mind, you know? You're all, you've all got the same shit, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. That's where we're going. Yeah. That's where they, I mean, you know, you see, we were driving home the other day out in the middle of the sticks here, and there's some kid uh, wandering along the side of the country road with his face in his you know, <laughs> in, his,
0: in his phone. Yeah, yeah. and imagine you know, so imagine he, that he, fucking,
1: where he goes.
0: imagine that kid, like, just, I mean, not even that long ago, maybe eight years ago, he'd just be kicking the, the rocks down the road or something, you know?
2: Right, yeah, sure. For <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> okay, so that concludes part one of two parts of the interview with Todd. I um, hope uh, you enjoyed that, and I'll see you next week.